Hey guys, welcome to the Learn Feng Shui podcast, where you'll learn feng shui from a classical point of view, taking out the myth and superstition. So if you're interested in learning feng shui, Chinese astrology, all things Chinese metaphysics, as well as the superstitions and myths that connect it all, you'll enjoy learning feng shui with me. Hey guys, welcome to the last month of the year of the water tiger. We're going to get into the energies for January, 2023. Hey guys. So I know the new year hasn't occurred yet. Um, perhaps you're listening after maybe, but as of releasing this episode and recording, it is still December and we haven't gone into 2023. We haven't celebrated that new year yet. And I wanted to really release this episode because uh, we have something kind of special that happens this month. Um, the energy actually shifts a little bit earlier than usual. So it occurs around the fourth or fifth this month. Um, you know, that animal sign, um, will shift. And so we're getting the animal sign of the water ox right around the fourth or fifth coming in. So it just occurs a little bit earlier than this year than it usually would like on the 6th or 7th and sometimes even the 8th of the month. So, you know, I want to get this episode out before that energy shift occurred so you can plan your month accordingly and be ready. So we're still again in the year of the water tiger. Remember the ending of this month, um, right around February 3rd is when the energy shifts again and it's going to shift us right into that um, water rabbit energy. And we'll talk more about why that is in just a minute. Um, however, let's start looking at the energy now for January. So now welcome to the month of the water tiger. Remember that energy does shift right around the fourth or fifth of the month. And I have the fifth written down, so I'm not sure, I'm not sure, sometimes, you know, kind of interchangeable sometimes. <laughs> so that first solar cycle of energy, that 15 day solar cycle of energy that starts the month off is uh, occurs right around the fifth and goes to January 20th. And it is called lesser cold. The second cycle of Jechi, the solar cycle of energy, um, starts right around the 20th and goes through February 3rd. And it is called greater cold. And you may notice that um, these are around the months that have the them, you know, the most brutal coldest weather. And I think of course here, if you're listening in the U S you'll know that we just came off of that horrible, like polar vortex that hit all the Northern States, the great lake area and the Eastern seaboard. So I do, you know, wish you guys, uh, the best and I hope you guys are doing okay up there. Um, we felt it down here in Texas, but definitely not as extreme. I mean, we had right around those nine degree, you know, Fahrenheit temperatures. So it was definitely not as extreme as you guys got it up in the North and Northeast States. Um, so I do predict kind of that. I think we're going to have more weather phenomena occurring this month though. Um, if we look at the energies, you know, last month, right after the winter solstice, we had that horrible storm. But um, I think that that's kind of kind of continue. If we look at the energies that are governing and, and the animal signs that are governing the um, energy that is you know, occurring the next couple months, it's a water energy. So for December, it was the water rat and for January, it is the water ox. And so those elements are, um, they have a very strong water with them. The ox, not so much as the rat because the rat is the element of pure water with that, um, energy, the heavenly energy of water on top, that element of, of pure water. And it, it is, it's like a, a hurricane, you know, but if you think of the way water is in the winter, I mean, it's frozen. So I think we can occur, you know, can kind of concur and look and decide that maybe we're going to have some more 
um, ice storms and some more weather-related phenomena. I think it's going to be kind of a cold winter this year. So um, I kind of look at the cycles and trans animal signs and past events to predict that. So, you know, hopefully I'm wrong, but be prepared for a little bit colder weather. So kind of revisiting the topic of why the Lunar New Year and, or the Chinese New Year is celebrated um, and it doesn't actually start the beginning of the new animal sign, the new zodiac sign. It actually comes in a few days later. So when we're looking at the Chinese New Year, um, you may notice sometimes it's called Lunar New Year. And the reason it's called Lunar New Year is because it's actually celebrating the second new moon after the winter solstice. So the winter solstice again occurred, you know, around the 21st. And I want to say the new moon was either on the winter solstice or the day after the winter solstice. It, it corresponded very closely this year with the winter solstice. So now looking ahead, um, the second new moon then occurs on the 22nd of January. So thus start celebrating, commencing the quote unquote lunar new year or Chinese new year. So this celebration goes on for about 15 days up until the full moon. And that actually marks the beginning of the new solar cycle. Uh, it's going off a little bit different calendar. And so that energy actually shifts right around February 3rd this year. And then that will bring in the new animal sign and the new cycle of energy of the new, you know, new animal sign. In this case for 2023, it's going to be the water rabbit. Let's go ahead and get into these animal sign predictions for the last month of the water tiger year. Um, we're going to talk about the energy that the water ox is bringing us. Let's start off with the obvious, the Thai Sawyer Grand Duke for the month, and that is the ox. So remember the Grand Duke or Thai Soy occurs when you see like the same animal sign, okay? So if you see the same animal sign, that does mean that that is the energy governing the month. And if you have this in your natal chart, it generally means um, an all eyes on you type situation. So I always think of, I mean, I, I feel like I've probably made this joke before, but the Tupac song, you know, all eyes on me. <laughs> and so I always think about that when I think of the Grand Duke or the energy that's governing the month. When you have it in your natal chart, that just means that you're more visible that month. It's like exposing energy. Um, I mean, it just means you need to make careful choices. So don't, it might be a month to lay low or it might, if you really do want to be seen, it's going to be a month that um, you're exposed or you're more visible. And so if you're exposed or more visible, make sure it's for the right reasons. So that's my, always my kind of go-to, um, prediction or forecast for, um, when you have the animal sign that is seen also in the month. So looking at the animal signs of snake and rooster. So these combine with the ox to make the element of metal. So and the metal can come in and offer extra support. There's already metal, you know, hidden within the ox energy. And so when we're looking at that, I, I really feel like um, some more focus, um, attention, um, the ability to kind of pay attention, organization of your thought process and stuff like that. Remember that the water in the month um, can help with this metal energy, it kind of helps with the expression of this energy. And so it could be a really good month for you to, you know, make some videos or do some public speaking or, you know, just express yourself in a certain way. Maybe you write a blog post or you write some stuff for social media or something. So it's a really good month for you to get kind of creative and um, offer that self-expression. 
looking at the rad this actually combines and creates the element of earth i've heard some in some cases it creates water so i'm going off what i initially learned which is it creates the element of earth and so when looking at that um i get the sense of like stability and grounded you know is, is the words that kind of come to my my frame of thought and so you know if you have felt kind of off Filter in that water energy of last month is very extreme for you. You might find that the energy um, puts a little bit of a boundary to you, gets a little bit of that earth energy, and maybe put a little bit of steadiness back into your life, a little bit of a slower pace. So, uh, my advice to you this month also is to just literally ground, you know, do some things that are grounded to you, do some meditations, um, do some earthing, and put your feet in the dirt if you, you know, feel like you need to do that, or just if. If the weather's good where you live just go take like a little nature walk hell even if the weather is bad where you live bundle up and take a nature walk because uh, the cold can actually be very invigorating so I'm um, literally do some things maybe slow down a little bit um, keep a steadier pace instead of trying to rush forward into things looking at the seasonal combination, which makes the element of water. So remember, these are all the animal signs that create the winter season. So we're in the uh, month of the ox. So if you have a pig or a rat in your natal chart, that means you can uh, create the element of water. It re makes the element of water. So when we look at that, um, remember the water's already been present for the year, for the month. Um, it's just a lot of water. So um, one of the things that I can suggest if you feel up to it is networking. Um, you know, that friendship, because this makes a very, very strong, it makes the element of water very, very strong. And so when we are very strong, um, you know, sometimes that symbolizes people around us can contribute, uh, create opportunities, networking, um, you know, things like that. If you feel like you need to maybe give a talk or something, but I feel like networking, like being around friends, um, being in crowds of people is probably the best thing if you do have um, that pig and that rat already in your nail chart. Maybe you just have the pig, maybe you just have the rat, but it really does. That's one of the strongest combinations is what's called the seasonal combination. Again, this is the animal signs that make up the season of winter and the element of water. So just kind of, you know, repeating that, um, it is one of the strongest in the hierarchy of combinations, you know, and um, it can create opportunity for you. So I'd really look out for those opportunities. And remember that you can look for days on the calendar that is like a pig day or a rat day to combine with that ox also. So you can have all three of these animal signs, even if you only have one of them. So if you have the pig or the rat, look for those days to come in. And I do, again, I put the date selection and I put the animal signs and everything on the blog post that is linked um, every month. So I don't know if the blog post will actually be ready on time, but again, you can visit that link tree link and it's the monthly energy update. So you can kind of keep track of like, oh, these days are beneficial, you know, it has auspicious days. It has what animal signs combine, what animal signs clash. So it'll be easier for you to identify how to take advantage of those days. Now looking at the clash animal for January. So January is the ox. So the clash animal is what's called the sheep or the goat. Um, so looking at these energies, um, this is one of the months that you will get a clash, you know, in the year, but that's okay. A lot of times people look at that opposing energy and they take it as an opportunity to create a change for themselves. So if you want to quit smoking, end a toxic relationship, you know, take something, remove something out of your life that's no longer serving you, 
then it's a really good month for you to do that. Um, also, you don't have a clash every day of the month. If you think about the days that combine, which are the harmony days. So if you look for a pig day or a rabbit day, those combine with your animal sign, it takes the clash away. Or if you look at the, um, what's called the combo of six and, or sometimes called secret friend, and that's the horse. So looking at uh, days that have the horse in them. So really you're not going to have very many days that truly clash you in the month. So I always tell people, don't worry too bad when you see a clash month, come on. Also, you can activate that energy in the South that I talked about. Um, I'm going to, well, I'm going to talk about in the feng shui segment. So the South is a pretty good sector. Remember, if you hit that area of South too, where the horse governs, then you're going to take that clash away. So you can either work in the South area this month to support you or activate the area with a fan or candle, and you can help with that clash for the month. Well, speaking of feng shui, let's go on to the best and worst feng shui sectors for January after this quick ad break. So looking at the feng shui for the month, um, it is a little bit challenging, honestly. Um, there's not a whole lot that's that's I love going on, but sometimes it's just like that. Um, honestly, for February 2020 three for the energy that's coming in for the new year there's not a lot of activations i'm actually going to recommend um the energy shifting in a strange way and there's some sectors that have some good things but all in all they have like things we don't want to activate so even though they might have a good flying star there we can't actually activate them for you know the year and sometimes it's just like that and for this month we have some limited options also and so my favorite sectors really are going to be the south and the northeast for this month um this is actually going to be the last time we can activate the south probably up until 2024 so if you want to activate or use the area make sure you take all activations down and you nix them by um february 3rd so i would probably take them down around february 1st you know right right around the end of the month i would go ahead and ditch those take the activations out and you can start putting up cures and all that stuff for the new year again i'm gonna have information for um, the year of the rabbit that's all going to be coming next month but just focusing on this month uh the south i really like it so we have a couple special things going on and um, we have a four nine combination of, of flying stars and so when we look at that uh, one of the things that is notable for that is it's the um, element of metal and so when we look at the early heaven bagua the her two combination that actually makes the element of metal and so from what i've learned that's actually a good you know thing to activate it can be very beneficial and so you can if you need to focus if you need organization if you need like that laser focus to finish you off for the month either use the sector or activate it and coming in again number two in my pick of best feng shui sectors is the northeast so it's actually flying star number three is visiting but again there's exceptions to the rules when we're looking at flying stars sometimes and one of the exceptions that i've learned is that you can use it when it is uh, paired with the number eight some schools of thought say no but what i've learned and what from my experience has actually been fine um you know nothing crazy going on with the eight three combination and again looking at activating that eight star uh once again you know what's generally called the wealth star the work star um, it can actually activate some nice work if you need to finish off the year strong and you need a couple contracts or whatever. Focus on the northeast of your of your sector, you know, of your space. So again, you can either work there or you can activate it. Um, 
And activations both in the south and northeast, I can recommend either doing a fan or a candle or working in the area. And again, probably for best results, go to the blog post, look at date selection, and it'll tell you like feng shui activation this day. <laughs> it's pretty easy to use. Coming in number one for my worst feng shui sector for the the month, it's going to be that north. <laughs> so remember, the north is already afflicted with the three killings. So we're not, we haven't done renovations there this year. So obviously continue to not do renovations in the north, um, particularly if you want to avoid activating um, loss of monetary, you know, <laughs> gains and stuff like that. So we don't want to activate that. So we have just avoided that renovations in the, the north. However, the flying star number five is there and it's particularly fierce and ugly when it's visiting the north sector. And so when we when we look at that, remember that north is the element of water, the five is the element of earth. So it comes in and makes like muddy water. We don't, we don't really like that. And so for the month, I would recommend placing either the salt cure or doing the seven coins in that sector to and just kind of avoid, uh, you know, and absorb some of that negative energy. Remember the metal, it breaks down the five star, uh, especially symbolically with the seven coins. Um, so yeah, we're going to kind of negate that energy by adding metal or the salt cure there for the month. And again, you could take that right around February 1st and generally just keep the area quiet. Flying stars are activated by movement. And that's why I say you can either use the sectors or not use the sectors. So as long as you keep the area quiet, like maybe you don't want to move furniture there for this, that month, this month. Um, but other than that, you should be generally fine with uh, regular use should be okay. I won't be including a Folklore Friday in today, but I wanted to look at the topic of New Year's resolutions. So again, we're at that time of year where people tend to make resolutions or they set themselves up some, some goals for the new year and all those things are amazing, but I want to take a look at how we can make that successful. A majority of New Year's resolutions do fail and they fail pretty quickly. And when that happens, you can kind of tend to get down on yourself like, oh yeah, just another thing I didn't complete. So instead of doing that, let's look at how you can set yourself up for success for the new year. I think a lot of the reasons why resolutions tend to fail very quickly is because we think of them as this large mountain of something that we have to climb or tackle. But in reality, planning and lack of planning can uh, really greatly impact these resolutions. So a lot of times when we resolve something, we really mean it. I mean, we really, really do. And we really want to achieve whatever it is, but we don't actually plan and make ac an action plan to do it. So there's three things I like to do with my action plan. Um, let's talk about that. So the first thing I think to start achieving a goal or whatever is kind of identify something that you can commit yourself to. So whether that is like a trade show, a vendor event, you know, you're going to schedule in a networking event. Maybe you want to work towards a degree and you just register for one class. You know, it's one, it's some of those things, the, those goals right there that can commit you. And that kind of gets the ball rolling on things, if that makes sense. So to me, it's this podcast. I know I'm committed to making a certain number of episodes. So I um, am committed to doing that. And number two, I break that down into smaller steps. So um, we 
again, we tend to think of a resolution or a goal as something huge. So my goal may be to make so many podcasts a month, but now I have to ask myself how I'm going to make that happen and how I can break that down into smaller steps for myself to achieve my goal. Remember, it's those little daily habits that we do that really make the difference. I saw this wonderful video the other day where this lady was talking about her habit stacking and she was talking about, um, you know, doing things in increments. And I thought this was the perfect analogy. So she cut down a tree or some bushes in her yard and she made a big pile of twigs, right? Um, so there was branches, there was twigs, there was leaves and all kinds of debris. So she was identifying that in her brain as this huge pile that she had to conquer. So instead of doing that, she actually was like, okay, I'm going to take six branches a day out to the dumpster. And so she started doing that. And by, you know, day, whatever, day seven, we'll say those branches were all gone, the big branches. So she was able to say, okay, now since those big branches are gone, let's take an armload of branches to the dumpster. So every day she would take one armload of branches to the dumpster on day three or four. Again, all the branches are gone completely. And all she has left is to sweep up the leaves and bag them up, you know? So in reality, breaking those things down and identifying the big piles, so to speak, um, start, really adding up in terms of, you know, you chip away each day. So I like to chip away a little bit each day and um, eventually things get done, you know, and the third is really just getting started. So my, I've noticed a lot of people, um, I work with business people, the analysis paralysis is the biggest thing. So I think people start thinking like, you know, what if something goes wrong or, oh, I have to do this, or I need to build a website or, you know, I gotta have, um, uh, you know, a lead capture in place or whatever, whatever we're doing, right? Oh, I need to make a Facebook page for my, for my business. You know, um, we I have to have the right aesthetic. So don't get caught up in any of that. Um, what happens is that you just start working and you may identify other tasks you need to do, but put that in your pile of, of sticks, so to speak, add that to your pile of sticks and chip away at everything each day. So, I mean, it's obviously a little more, a little more um, complicated than all that because we do encounter and run into problems, but we kind of just tackle it as we go. Once you start building that momentum, you know, you have your goal, you broke it down into steps and now you're working on those steps. So just getting started and working on those steps, um, it really pushes you and forward. And again, just chipping away at those small piles at a time, you know, six arm loads of twigs each day, guys, you'll be farther than you were, um, you know, this time last year. So yeah, just get started. So speaking of resolutions and goals, when you make these resolutions on January 1st, do you feel like the season and the time of year is supportive to you? I'm asking this because the other day I came across a video from a TikToker named Life the Plant Way. I'll link below, but I'm going to play the audio and I'm going to tell you what I think. He talks about waiting until spring to make your resolutions. Y'all better not be doing any New Year's resolutions in January. European society got you thinking that you can make New Year's resolutions in the middle of winter. They got you thinking that you should start new things when nature is still hibernating. This is not the time to manifest new things. And that's why most of y'all will not succeed in your New Year's resolutions. Mimic nature. This is a time to drop your leaves. Shed old things hibernate, reflect, 
keep your ass inside. Journal, meditate, and keep dropping those old habits that no longer suit you. And when spring comes around and nature starts waking up, then you manifest something. And watch how everything will come to fruition. So follow me for more tips. I really like his idea of waiting until springtime to manifest and bring forth new ideas. Maybe we want to hold off on making our resolutions, you know, around January 2nd, the Lunar New Year, to the beginning of February 4th, the Solar New Year. Remember that that Solar New Year is called Li Chun or beginning of spring. And the months of February, March, and April are all spring months according to the Chinese calendar. So maybe we do need to wait and maybe we need to, do need to mimic nature and be dormant a couple more weeks and be ready to manifest those new ideas come springtime. I really like the way he talks about waiting until springtime to bring forth that new energy. So maybe you want to be kind of reflective up until maybe, you know, January 22nd, maybe all the way through February 4th, just kind of manifesting around that time and setting your goals and resolutions around that time rather than trying to do it right now. Remember that on February 4th, the solar cycle, um, it's called coming of spring or Li Chun. So the Chinese calendar celebrates spring, February, March, and April. Those are all months of the season of springtime. So maybe we want to wait until these months to bring forth and manifest and mimic nature, just like he was saying. So I will catch you guys next week. Over the next couple weeks, I'm going to be coming with information for 2023 in the year of the water rabbit. Um, I've just been kind of been saving it. I know a lot of other consultants and content creators have done some, some um, you know, videos and stuff. So I'm sure you may have seen some of those already. I'm going to give my interpretation of the best and worst sectors of coming up in January. So January 20th, I'm going to be doing the Zodiac sign predictions or forecasts for the year of the water rabbit. So if you're interested in that, you can register on the website and the events section. And that link is below. I hope to see you there. For a free energy mapping of your floor plan, please check the link in the show notes. To support today's podcast, go to learnfengshui.com, sign up for emails, leave a review, and share with your family and friends. 